You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1800 060 896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Ready off the lead. It's rock and roll two off the back. Five metres, Max Shard, like a wildfire under pressure now. Around the outside, Max Delight let down with a run and Honolulu Bay, they're both coming into it. Off the back straight in a scintillating 26.7. Rock and roll two let for home. Max Shard comes out off the pegs. Torrid Saint runs on. Honolulu Bay with a run out wider. Rock and roll two finds though. Rock and roll two kicked the way. He's got them covered. Rock and roll do. Torrid Saint getting through to second, but Rock and Roll Do does it easily. That was the Rock Kilmore Pacing Cup. He's been beaten subsequent starts, but he's drawn well here, and he is the favourite for this feature. One of the features tomorrow night in Victoria. I wonder what Chris Barsby thinks. That's the Bendigo Cup Race 7. Rock and Roll Do is, do is number one. And we mentioned yesterday Major Meister. Bit of an awkward draw. It's chasing a hat-trick. It's also in the market as well. So they sort of have a stranglehold on it, those two horses in particular. Chris Barsby joins us now. How are you, Chris? I'm well, Steve. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. How do you see it playing out, the Bendigo Cup, sponsored by Garrard's Horse and Hound? Well, it's going to be interesting. How much gate speed does Rock and Roll, uh, rock and roll do have? Can he make full use of the inside gate? A little bit of banter during the week between driver Mick Stanley and rival driver Chris Alford about how this is going to play out at the start. We've got the unknown factor here with Sicario, who's now under the care of dual Inter-Dominion winning trainer, Jason Grimson. And so he's first up for the new stable tomorrow night. And there's been some early support. Um, so he's a wild card runner in many ways. And then you've got the stable mate of Sicario, Major Meister, who's unbeaten since joining the Jason Grimson stable and couldn't have been any more impressive in both runs to date. So. This is going to be interesting. News coming through yesterday, Steve. Rock and Roll Do has been uh, secured for uh, the New Zealand slot race, which they hold in the North Island Cambridge midway through the year, around April. And uh, he's been picked up already. So uh, they're they're watching and uh, they were keen to get their hands on Rock and Roll Do and Connections happily uh, accepted that uh, offer or invitation. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Mm. tomorrow night plays out, not only for that race, but... For the upcoming features as well, Ballarat Cup, Hunter Cup, and then he's obviously off to New Zealand again. Well, that's a slot race in Perth around the same time, isn't it? Yep, yep. Magnificent Storm was picked up yesterday, so mm. they're starting to, uh, you know, fill their positions now for that field over there in the West, and I'm sure tonight's race is going to be so important, not only for that race, but also for the Fremantle and WA Pacing Cups, which are just around the corner, so... There's a fair bit at play here over the weekend. That's the only thing about that race in WA. It's a good concept and all that. It's not just with the standard reds. It's the big gallops race as well and the greyhounds all over one weekend. But it's hard to attract a lot of horses over yep. there from eastern states, isn't it? It's a long way yep. to go. And some people just don't want to do it or travel their horses yep. that far. It's a major issue for harness racing right now, Steve. The feature race calendar, as you know, we've now changed. We're in line with the calendar year. And as a result, a lot of the... Uh, you know, jurisdictions here in Australia want to put all their feature races at the back end of the year, or if they're placing them early in the year, they just don't feel like they're going to get uh, the, the proper support they deserve. And uh, we're going to see it later this year with the end of the minion. It's in December, so December 1 through to 16. Uh, is it too close to the New Zealand Cup? Is it too close for those WA features? Will we get representation from either New Zealand or WA, keeping in mind last year's end of the minion series just completed in Melbourne? 
Uh, there was no pacing representation from New Zealand. There was only one trotter. Ultimately, he came out in the end. So it's something that needs to be addressed quickly by the governing bodies. Absolutely. Well, the Brains Trust is with us. Ryan Spice, Darren Clayton. Good morning, guys. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to all. Good morning. Morning, Chris. Morning, boys. Darren, your thoughts? Uh, do we need to really sit down and, and work out a proper feature race calendar? Yeah, I've said this on a number of occasions, Chris, that it really does need collaboration and sitting down with all states, New Zealand included, uh, and, and really look at where these feature races need to be so that we get them all we've seen it in the in the gallops to an extent where you know the states are going head to head and I don't know whether that's really good for racing um, we're not as strong as the gallops so I don't think we can put ourselves in a position where we can go down that path and um, you know there's been changes mooted for the Grand Circuit uh, for this year I haven't seen or read what that entails but I, I really think it needs to be uh, collaboration from everyone and a, a clear format where every race meeting sits within the calendar year. Is this where Harness Racing Australia needs to, to you know, be the mediator and say this is what we've got to do to, to just make it a lot more easier and to, to push Harness Racing in the best possible way forward? Well, if this isn't their opportunity to step in, what exactly are the, do they do? You know, they're the overarching governing body, but every state's doing their own thing. We've just seen a change to the handicapping um, scales again. Um, that's come through from HRA, but then each of the states are, are going down the path of introducing their own local rules because they aren't happy with it. Like, where do we actually sit? What is the strength of HRA? Do they need to take control of this and say, okay, we're, we're coming together we're all going to sit down um, and until we sort it out and we get a clear path that, we're, that benefits every state, not just, you know, some states that, that want to have particular dates and, and aren't prepared to move them. Well, I, th I think it, the time has come and, um, you know, we'll, we'll get further and further away from that common goal if, if we allow it to carry on much longer. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we've got a big weekend of harness racing coming up. I'll get your thoughts on today's meeting and tomorrow night's meeting. Uh, we've got a heap of features coming up. We've touched on the Bendigo Cup. We'll dive into that race a little deeper with Ryan in just a moment. We've got this big race coming through from the, the West tonight, the JP Stratton Cup. All important lead up for the Fremantle Pacing Cup coming up next week. So there's a fair bit of play. Who gets in, who misses out with those big uh, cup races over in the West. And there's a couple of other features that we might touch on as well. But let's go back to uh, the Bendigo Cup tomorrow night. As we mentioned, it's Rock and Roll Do, who is the favourite at $2. Art Tudor at $126. Sicario, first up, Jason Grimson, $750. AG's White Sox, $26. Max Delight, $950. Triple A, $14. Gillaby Sylvester, He's at 51, Rick Riley 51, Torrid Saint 12, Rack 'em Up Tiger Pie 150, Major Meister 350, Bernie Winkle 100 to 1. So the favourite of the tab fixed price, Ryan, Rock and Roll do $2. He opened 225, Sicario 750 in from 10. Uh, we go down to Max Delight 950 out from 9. Major Meister's been a little easy, 350 out from 3. So 
interesting race on so many uh, fronts, but the start is going to be crucial. How do you break down the Garrard's Bendigo Pacing Cup? Chris, I think Rock and Roll Do is ready to fire here over the long trip in the Bendigo Cup. I'm not too concerned about Barrier 1. In a sense, I do think that, yes, he can, can and will get crossed by AG's White Sox and Max Delight, but I think he clearly is the benchmark. I think he can force off the inside at the right time, sit parked, and get the job done. Okay, so you're happy with the $2 currently on offer? Yeah, I think the evens is, is, is fair enough. Okay. What did you take out of that Cranbourne Cup effort at his most recent start? I thought he was absolutely brilliant, Chris. Just balanced up at the start, sat back, worked to the breeze, fought on strongly. That uh, start was off, I think, off memory, three or four weeks in between runs. I think he'll be tightened up here and he's ready to go. Okay, so you're firmly in the corner of rock and roll, dude. The start is going to be interesting. So you nominated AG's White Sox, Max Delight, as the horses that are more than likely going to, to get across at the start. But you think it's just a case that Mick Stanley will just force off a, a, as at first opportunity? I think he will come out and hustle as hard as he can, but drawn right beside him is Art Tudor, a Sydney visitor, and he is certainly only a moderate beginner. So I think there can be the opportunity to, to force off at will. Right. What about Sicario? First up for Jason Grimson. There's been some support already. He draws nicely in three. Cam Hart would have had the choice. He's opted for Major Meister, who's two for two since joining Jason Grimson. Nathan Jack takes the drive on Sicario. So how do you assess Sicario? Uh, very difficult, Chris, without a doubt. I think it is just a watch and see with him. I can't possibly entertain the single digits about him from a punting perspective. Um, he has gone to the all-conquering Grimson Barn, so, of course, we'll expect improvement. But he's not a blazing beginner. He's not just going to ping to the front here and, and dominate, I don't expect. So happy to watch and see and use it as a learning experience. Okay. Have you got any word? Has he trialled or has he been cited publicly since being with Jason Grimson? Uh, not to my knowledge, Chris. Okay. What about the stable to make Major Meister? Two for two since linking up with... Uh, the Sydney crew, and uh, he was most impressive in both starts, including that Cranbourne Cup victory last time out. Yeah, this is really going to test him. Back row draw over the long trip. If he can defeat his rivals here, he'll probably start close to favourite in a Hunter Cup. Okay. Were you surprised that Cam Hart opted for Major Meister over Sicario? Oh, I don't think so, Chris. He's had two drives for two wins and he, he dominated the Cranbourne Cup last start. As I said, it's still an unknown with Sicario, so absolutely not. Okay. Just on the driving situation for tomorrow night's Bendigo Cup, uh, any thoughts? Greg Sugar's opting to drive AG's White Sox. Kate Gatt picks up the drive on Triple Eight. Did that surprise you? Oh, actually, Chris, I hadn't really looked uh, that closely into it. Um, no, not really. I mean, they're both well-performed horses at this level, so it's probably a flip of the coin. Okay. Darren, any thoughts on the Bendigo Cup tomorrow night? Yeah, I'd probably just err with a little bit of caution with Rock and Roll Do. If he does get crossed like sort of Ryan is suggesting and does get buried, I'd just, you know, that opportunity might not present to, to shunt off at some stage, so it's... Uh, it, it's certainly a, a, a tricky situation he finds himself in. I was a little bit um, 
probably a little bit miffed that they accepted the, the offer to go to the New Zealand slot race after bypassing the Inter-Dominion series, which is in their own backyard, and, and opting to go back to New Zealand again. I found that probably just a, a little bit different, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how Rock and Roll Do comes out through this race. You know, he might surprise us all and, and have the speed to, to burrow through and keep them out, and if he does, well, then it's probably a case of getting the queue. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, the fact that Connections took up that option to accept that invite to, to run in that uh, uh, slot race over in New Zealand. It's still a fair way down the track. It's only going to be the second time we've seen this race, uh, inaugurated last year, and the Aussies represented last year ran really well. How does Rock and Roll do compared to the likes of, say, Majestic Cruiser and Co from last year? Well, I think at the same point in time, it, you look at what they'd done t at that point. Um, at that point in time, when Majestic Cruiser had gone across, he hadn't won a a Black fake. He, you know, he had performed well. So you look at Rock and Roll doing what he's already done. He's probably um, that next level up. And to be fair, copy that um, has probably worked his way back somewhere near the top of the free for all ranks in New Zealand. And that being the case, will probably suggest they're not overly. Uh, deep at the moment, so I can understand why they why they've taken their offer up. I um, yeah, I just always found it a little bit odd with a, an Inter Dominion in your own backyard. Admittedly, three runs in a week might have been what was going to sort him out, but um, yeah, with what he has ahead, the Hunter Cup coming up and, and the other features, Bendigo Saturday night, um, yeah, just one of those things that I, I guess I didn't see didn't see coming. Mm, it's interesting. Uh, copy that definitely is the number one horse over there right now. Self-assured, won't be too far away. Does a Cuda step up and have a crack at a race like that uh, race at Cambridge that we're talking about, the, the, the race as it's known as? Well, he probably does now that he's, uh, that he's turned four. Um, you know, Mark Purden was saying that um, he wouldn't be, be going in those races as three-year-olds, so... Um, especially like a race like the Rising Sun as well, he wasn't keen to come across for that. So he probably st he'll probably get a get an invite or a, a slot as whatever they may be at some point. So yeah, if he steps up, he certainly gets his opportunity. So yeah, rock and roll do. He's got plenty of features to chase down over the summer before he gets there. I think is it April that race? Yeah, yeah, April it is. So will be interesting. The countdown is underway, that's for sure. The other feature from Bendigo tomorrow night is the Aldebaran Park Maori Mile. This promises to be a really good race for the Trotters. The tab fixed price, I'm ready Jet 3.10. Majestuoso, $1.85. Hopeful Beauty, 9.50. Always Ready at 71. Aldebaran Zeus, 11. Sleepy at 100 to 1. Sundon's Courage, 50. Olivici, 7.50. Nephew of Sunoco, 50. Aldebaran Dino, 61. Kiang Lavana at 126. So the favourite here is Majestuoso, rock solid at 185. Open at 185, remains at 185. I'm Ready Jet, 310 in from four. Hopeful Beauty, a stable mode of I'm Ready Jet, 950 in from 13. Aldebaran Zeus has been easy, 11 out from 850. Olavici's been easy, 750 out from six. And then we're going out to longer odds. Ryan, the Maori Mile for the Trotters tomorrow night, race five. How do you break this one down? Chris, I think the market is pretty much spot on here with Majestuoso, a clear 
and dominant favourite from Barrier 2. He looks back to his best after improving each start through the Inter-Dominion series and then winning the feature at Cranbourne at his last last go. It really is the uh, Anton Galino team versus Majestuoso and a couple of other players. I think from Barrier 2, Majestuoso can hustle hard, see where he lobs, and even if he has to control the race from the breeze, he'll be the horse to beat. So, so he's no guarantee to head off I'm Ready Jet at the start? Uh, I think that would be guaranteed in the sense that he could zip across, but the fastest beginner on the front row, without a doubt, is always ready. So um, always ready might be over and across before they say go. So Kate will probably hedge her bets. I don't think she'd want to be uh, sitting behind always ready in the run. Okay. Uh, Olavici is one of the rising trot stars in the country. Draw on the inside of the second row. Does, does it make it tough now with, uh, with that draw? Yeah, that really hurts his chances, Chris. Um, I'm ready, Jet is not a blazing beginner. He looks to me one to be guaranteed to be shuffled back and locked away. Okay, does he stay on the inside? Does he try and force off at first opportunity? Uh, I think, generally speaking, in this type of event, you just need to drive for luck and stay where, where you are and take the runs as they appear. Okay, so you're with Majestuoso? Yeah, clearly, Chris, I think he's the one to beat. All right, Darren, any thoughts on that Mary Mile? Uh, Mary Mile? It'll be very hard to beat. I'm, I'm excited to see what Olavici can do. He's been brought along slowly by Chris Lang, and um, this is probably the right type of race for him because if there's a good bit of pressure up front, if Majestuoso, um, you know, has to park outside always ready or, you know, there's a good early burn for him to get across, um, those gaps might just open up and... Um, you know, the, might set it up for a swooper and I'll, I'll be keen to see what Olavici can do over the closing stages as he's, you know, this is probably, he's, he was runner-up in the Bill Collins mile, but this is probably, a, you know, that next step up for him. To, so to see how he performs, I'm, I'm really keen to see what he can do. Okay. That's, uh, that's uh, Bendigo tomorrow night. Menangle tomorrow night. Really interesting race here. It's the free-for-all, the PJ Hall free-for-all. And I say it's interesting because you've got uh, expensive ego back from the Inter-Dominion campaign in Melbourne. He'll done post in the final after being so courageous throughout the heats. And he's up against uh, stylish Memphis, who's back across from New Zealand. She's been okay in New Zealand without being great. We know she's now in foal. She's been served by Captain Treacherous. She's here for a final uh, throw of the stumps for another shot at the Ladyship Mile. She's aiming for three straight. Expensive Ego $1.65, Stylish Memphis $3. She's got the uh, inside draw there. Expensive Ego uh, Gate 8. He'll move in one spot with an early scratching of the croupier. air. And it's basically uh, just those two in the market. So it's a two horse race here, Ryan. How do you sort of uh, assess this race for free for all in Sydney? Chris, clearly with the Luke McCarthy driven, Belinda McCarthy trained Expensive Ego runner here. At one point in the cycle before the scratching, Ego got out to $1.95, which I thought was great betting. Uh, Stylish Memphis comes across, as you say, with only sort of fair form to her name in Mayor's grade back home in New Zealand. She comes back to Jack Trainer, where she has a great record and she certainly loves the Menangle Mile. But I'm happy to risk her uh, tomorrow night and clearly with expensive Ego off his good body of work through the Inter-Dominion. Okay, Darren, do you agree? Got to take the 
expensive ego back to Menangle. Uh, factor, interesting you say about Stylish Memphis being in foal. Um, if you're getting to the Ladyship Mile, should be pretty close to a to a deadline there of I think is it I think it's 90 days or 120 days that they're allowed race posts being served. So uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to see, but that'll be a nice foal, be worth a bit of money. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure connections are hoping for a uh, a big, strong, healthy colt there. Uh, the feature tonight from the West is the JP Stratton Cup. Diego is the favourite here. Uh, he's drawn the inside, uh, and we all know he's got a great front-running record. So he's a dollar eighty. Mighty Ronaldo at fifty-one. Perfect Major one hundred and fifty. Mighty Conqueror at fifty. Prince of Pleasure nine fifty. Patronus Star forty-one. Bolton ten sixty. Hampton Banner at fifty. Magnificent Storm three thirty. Gambit six dollars. Jumping Jack Mac twenty-one. Regazzo Mac thirty-four dollars. So Diego is the favourite. He opened yours for theirs at $2, now trading at $1.80. Magnificent Storm, on the other hand, he's uh, $3.30 after opening at $3.60. Prince of Pleasure's been easy, $9.50 out from 8 And Gambit's the other runner that's uh, right in the mix here. He's been easy, 6 out from four sixty. So that's race 5 tonight from the West. Uh, it's a, uh, a Group 2 $100,000 event, 2,130 metres. So Diego is best back to score there in that uh, feature race tonight. So a lot to look forward to. Uh, guys, earlier in the week, uh, Steve caught up with uh, Ash Tabor, the owner of Captain Ravishing. Just for an update, he said that he's back in work with Emma Stewart, gearing up for the Bonanza. And then obviously the uh, the Chariots of Fire, if successful in the Chariots of Fire, they're keen to take up the invitation for the Miracle Mile. I spoke with Andy Gaff during the week just regarding Catch a Wave, and I asked, are you heading in the same direction as Captain Ravishing by starting in the Bonanza, or do you avoid Captain Ravishing and go straight to Sydney and contest one of those lead-ups there, the Hondo Grattan or the Pale Face? Addy Icey said he's still uncertain at this stage which path he's going to take. And the other option that he's got on the radar, and he's giving it very strong consideration, is a run in the Hunter Cup with uh, Catch Your Wave. So... It's going to be interesting to see which way they go. Crandell Getty, I asked if he's coming over with Republican Party. Uh, he said, probably. Uh, he said he's got a fair bit of travel that he's doing at the moment. So he said, uh, we'll just get through that, just with other horses in his stable. But he said Republican Party is being brought up with the chariots in mind. So he said it's not set in stone, but it's more than likely that they will come across and have a shot. So it's shaping to be a good race. We saw the... Uh, Jared Elchin runners back at the trials this week as well. So uh, starting to take shape, the chariots, but Captain Ravishing, clearly the horse to beat. You would think at this stage of his, just off what we've seen, yes. Um, although Catch a Wave, I think, uh, I would have thought that the uh, Hunter Cup would be sort of a bit too long for him, but um, I thought he might be best kept shorter distance, but uh, which we're captain ravishing will be at his best so i think from what we've seen through the year so far i'd, I'd be on captain ravishing at this stage okay ryan yeah i agree chris he uh, should be at the head of all fixed odds markets for the miracle mile in the chariots okay just a question without notice here and just sort of digressing that the rising sun during our carnival in july the constellations this will be the third running of the rising sun to date Mares have proven to be the winners. Amazing Dream scoring in the inaugural edition. And then last year, Ladies in Red. How long will it be before a three-year-old takes the rising sun? 
I don't think I've seen a two-year-old yet from this past season. Perhaps the lost Storm, um, he he would fit the bill. Whether Emma Stewart would be keen to bring him up, he'd, I'd say at the early stage at the moment, he would be the best chance of winning it this year as a three-year-old. Outside of that, it might be a little bit longer, but um, he looks to be the real deal, so maybe he's the one. Ryan, your thoughts on that? The lost Storm, and just on him... Have, have you seen a better two-year-old victory than what he delivered in the Vic Bread Super Series? Yeah, Chris, probably not. It was quite staggering what he was able to achieve off a hot tempo. I think sooner rather than later, to answer your question about a three-year-old horse winning the Rising Sun, um, the school captain's also down there. Don't forget him. Any of those, you know, interstate two-year-olds that we've seen at the top of the tree, if they were to come, I think they'd be right at the end of the pointy end of the market in uh, fixed odds betting, that's for sure. Ryan, how long can the race go before, like without a three-year-old winning before connections just start to get cold feet with three-year-olds taking the rising sun? Oh, Chris, I don't think that's going to happen with the barrier advantage that they have. They've been more than competitive in the first two editions. Um, just the fact that two mares have won the first two, um, the two events, I think, you know, it'll start to even itself out over the next 10 to 12 years and we'll see a good spread of winners. Mm. Darren, any thoughts on that? Yeah, it, the other thing is the, the prize money on offer. It's certainly, um, you know, it's a pretty good carrot. And um, I think positionally within the carnival in Queensland, the three-year-olds then have plenty of options either side of it. Um, you know, they've got a derby option after it. They've got other options before it. So... I think it really works in well just with where it sits. So, um, you know, it's only going to take one to win it then too. And then, um, you know, confidence with, with other trainers will be, well, you know, if that horse can do it, I, I think my three-year-old's better or, you know, is in a better crop, you know, let's, let's have a red-hot crack at it. So um, I, I don't think it'll be long. I just guess probably some of the other features now that they're all being pushed back to the later in the New South Wales Derby, Victoria Derby's later in the year. Um, the only thing that the you know the the counterbalance of that would be that you know some trainers preferring to keep to derbies rather than than stepping out against four-year-olds midway through the season. But um, it's only going to take one, I think, and and then away we'll go. Okay. Uh, nine races here at Ellabian Park tomorrow night for our Metro card. First meeting all of the new year. Uh, looks fairly even on paper when I was looking at the, uh, the fields earlier. Uh, Darren, what is your best bet and why tomorrow night? Yeah, well, um, my best bet, Chris, comes up in race number three and I'm hoping it'll be a little bit of a price. It's number five, Better Jiggle. Um, couldn't have been any more sectionally super, this guy, in recent starts. Uh, he takes on Veterans Company tomorrow night. Uh, he does so for the first time. There's five or six horses now have turned seven uh, with the recent change in season last week that are all stepping out tomorrow night in that uh, Veterans grade for the first time. Better Jiggle, like I said, sectionally super. He was second to Letissier where he started from gate seven last time. Um, the start before he was third to Targaryen after coming from gate 12 gets to gate five i admit it is a little bit tricky but geez i'm um you know 
really taken with what this guy's been doing and I think he finds the right type of race there. Race three, number five, Better Jiggle. Okay, so race three, number five, Better Jiggle. Your best bet. Ryan, what is your best bet for Albion Park tomorrow night? Uh, Chris Price dependent, but I'm pretty keen that in race seven, horse number one, Misdemeanor for Nerissa McMullen can just about take them all the way out in front, stomping out a big mile. Okay, so race seven, number one, Misdemeanor. Is there a value play tomorrow night, Darren? Yeah, well, better jiggle might nearly uh, fit that bill, just depending on, on how he bobs up. But, um, yeah, I'd be keen to see what price... I thought Golitz in race four. Um, I thought he gets the right type of race, a front line with a little bit of speed. He can follow through. Um, he's certainly one that uh, I'll be keen to be on as well. His last time out, he was in the Members' Cup, just didn't go to plan for him in that. Um, he won a, a good qualifier, one of those extended stakes ones a couple of starts ago. They've been, um, they've been strong form references. Any of the races with the extended stakes on a Saturday night, have tended to be good form references going forward and he was the winner of one of those a couple of runs back so gets a race there tomorrow night like I said a bit of front line speed and um, could be a, a good night for Nerissa McMullen if uh, she can also get misdemeanor home as Ryan said so um, that'll be an interesting race race seven not really sure where speed dating's at she come off the back of those two group two wins in the early November and the last couple have been um, you know, a little bit so-so, but she gets back to Mayor's only company tomorrow night, so that'll be interesting to see if she can bounce back. She might be in for a tough trip, though, from the draw. If Misdemeanor's out in front running a big mall like Ryan Outline, she could be in for a, uh, a torrid time of it. Yeah, it certainly looks that way, so she'll have to uh, pack a big girl pants there tomorrow night if she's going to do it the tough way. Yeah, absolutely. The quaddy tomorrow night, uh, Darren, races five, six, seven and eight. Show me some numbers, please. Uh, so that first leg, um, I've got numbers one, four, and eight. Um, got number eight, can't bluff you on top. Just thought that Jigamaru will try to take him all the way here this time. Um, he let go last week. That was at the 2100, and he was only two metres away from the Hummer. I thought he'll probably look for an all-the-way effort here over the mile. That'll put Can't Bluff You in a, in a great spot. And the only other runner off the front that I could sort of entertain at the moment was number four, Lanock Boy. So um, one, four, and eight in that second leg, going one out with number two, Animado. Jeez, this looks his race to win. He's been super since he's arrived with Greg Franklin. Um, he's got three wins, placed a couple of times, hasn't been too far away, and he gets every chance there from gate number two. The third leg, race number seven, um, thought it was only a chance of either one, numbers one or four, like we just said, misdemeanor. Uh, I've got on top, she should be, uh, well, she has the gate to, to take every chance to dictate here, and speed dating will, like I said, you know, she might have to do it tough, but. Uh, Back to Mayor's company might just be the the uh, catalyst for her to get back to winning form. She was in the Redcliffe Christmas Cup a um, couple of runs back, so uh, we'll see how she goes. And in the last leg, race eight, probably the most open leg of the quaddy, I thought. Uh, I've got number five, she's notorious on top. Thought she'd probably spear across to the front here and, and might just get her chance out in front. Number two, Tinge of Fear's been in super form, as have most of the, the Greg Elkins team. Um, she was she was asked to, um, you know, do it pretty hard 
behind Okinawa Beach a couple of runs back. Goldie's a delight, not sure where this mare's at. Well, she's a mare now, just changed to a four-year-old. Um, she might go forward, she might go back. Either way, it's probably the type of race she can feature in. And we'll throw in number nine, couldn't miss a Falcon. She'll be fitter from her first up run where she'd been away for over 12 months and uh, she was sectionally pretty good. So numbers two, five, six and nine to bring it home. Okay, so your quality numbers at this early stage for Ellaby and Park tomorrow night. Races five through to eight. First leg, one, four, eight, two only, one and four, two, five, six and nine. So really simple there. Looking at it, your best bet comes up in race three. It's number five, Better Jiggle. Ryan's best is race seven, number one, Misdemeanor. Darren likes race seven, number nine. Go, let's hopefully get a bit of odds there. You've done the dashboard for Racing Queensland with web website. Who's their driver to follow? Yeah, driver to follow tomorrow night, Nathan Dawson. He doesn't have a full book. He's only got five drives across the uh, nine races, but certainly um, you could entertain all of them. He's got Bonnie Prince Louis in race two, Letissier in race three, probably only going to be beaten by the gate, Letissier. He's got Jigamaru in race five, Animado in race six, and Speed Dating in race seven. So could be a big night to uh, to kick off proceedings. Well, it's effectively our second Metro race meeting of the year. Oh, no, sorry, our first Metro race meeting yeah. of the year. So, yeah, our first one could be Nathan Dawson making hay while Pete McMullen's out. Yeah, absolutely. Good Good to see a lot of the drivers back from their little uh, mini vacays during that uh, festive period. Matt Nielsen's back in action, Adam Sanderson back in action, Talia McMullen back in action. So uh, we should have uh, the, the full book apart from those that are on the suspended list, Pete McMullen being one of those. So Pete McMullen wins the, the, the National Drivers Premiership for the second straight year. Obviously, he wins the State Premiership. Give us an early prediction. Who's going to be the leading driver in Queensland for 2023? Nathan Dawson. He's going to strike back and uh, he'll, he'll go one better. Runner-up two years in a row to his cousin. I think uh, he'll, he'll get the wood on him this year. Okay. Ryan, your thoughts? Chris, I think it'll be another tight tussle. It'll probably be a photo finish this time round. I predict uh, dead heat on 250 winners apiece. <laughs> Talking about sitting on the fence. <laughs> Pete is, uh, is chasing a little bit of history. Uh, I spoke with him yesterday. So going back to back as far as the national titles are concerned, no real shock there given that uh, Chris Elvett's done it so many times. He's won 14 national titles. But as far as Queenslanders are concerned, uh, the mighty Kevin Thomas did it during the 70s. He, he won uh, three straight national premierships. So Pete's got something to chase down there. So that may just be enough, Darren, for him to, you know, make a, a, a real fist of it again this year to take that title. Yeah, it certainly will, I guess. As always, it just comes down to the horses and how what you get to drive in, in a particular year. Um, Pete's done well in the last couple of seasons. He's had his and Chantel's team um, ticking along nicely. It'd just be a, a matter of what sort of influx they get. Uh, he had a good run last year. They had quite a few two-year-old trotters. They don't have as many of those this year. Um, you know, a couple of their other ones sort of reaching their grade. So provided they can turn over the stock and get the new ones coming through, um, that that's half the battle. So um, he's probably in a, a little bit more of a... Um, better situation than Nathan Dawson who's probably more really a, a pure freelance he doesn't have a you know his own stable that he gets first choice on so um, 
he certainly gets that opportunity, but Nathan can make can make his chance while uh, while Pete's on the sideline. Okay then, who takes the uh, the state trainers premiership? It was close this year. Jack Butler came out on top, uh, edging Chantel Turpin and Grant Dixon. Who's going to be the leading trainer in Queensland this year? Yeah, I'll jump in there and go first. I think um, I think Jack can can go back to back. Uh, I think he's been turning his team over pretty well this season and if he can do the same again and he seems to have developed a, a pretty good um, uh, format getting horses up from, from New South Wales so if he can do that uh, again this season he gets his chance to go back to back OK, Ryan, who's going to be the leading Queensland trainer? Yeah, I agree. I think Jack Bartley certainly gets his opportunity to go back to back there's no reason why he can't uh, prevail again um yeah, I think that's the current uh, situation with the landscape. Right, and what about the Metro titles? Leading Metro trainer and driver? Uh, I go a bit left field off what we've said there. I think Grant Dixon might be able to, to bounce back this year. He's got a number of nice two-year-olds that have come through this year. Um, horses like Eroda, Bold Medley Jujon, Cheerleader... Um, and then, of course, he's got Leap to Fame. Tim's a trooper. Um, he's got a. He's building a, a nice. Um, you know, he's cut back his numbers overall, but um, the quality of his team is just as impressive as it's probably ever been. So, for both, you're tipping him to win the, the trainers and drivers Metro Premiership. Um, maybe not the drivers, because he does tend to. Um, you know, he'll have quite a few races there where where he'll have two or three, but. Yeah, well, why not? We'll go him to do the, the double. OK. Uh, Ryan, any thoughts on the Metro Premiership? I think from a Metro perspective, I think probably Pete McMullen is probably primed to take that title, and I will go Chantel Turpin to be the leading Metro trainer. OK. As we bring a, a close to, to mobile rolling this Friday, Ryan, you're going to be under the spotlight right now because... You've got to deliver a multi for our listeners for the weekend. So if we gave you 50 bucks and you had to come up with a multi across the weekend, however many legs you want to uh, throw in there, that's completely up to you. But what is the best way to attack the weekend's harness racing action, in your opinion? OK, no dramas, Chris. Let's go in the Bendigo Cup. Number one, rock and roll do at even money into expensive ego in the free-for-all in Sydney. And also in Menangle, we're going to go win only race two, number three, unfazed, who is currently $3.70. And that's going to pay a pretty juicy dividend if it uh, can log in the order of $12. Okay, well, there you go. That's a nice little return there. So if we have our 50 bucks on there at 12 to 1, that's a nice little return. So that's race seven, rock and roll do at Bendigo. That's in the pacing cup. In the main free-for-all at uh, Menangle tomorrow night, expensive ego. And whilst we're at uh, Menangle, we're going to go with race two, number three, unfazed. They're the three that we're going to focus on. Multi them up with tab and take that at the odds of $12. So we'll check back in next week. Hopefully our pockets are full and that'll be a great way to start 2023. Perfect, no dramas. Excellent. Appreciate the time, Ryan. Cheers. Darren, before I let you go, what is the best bet for today's meeting at Albion Park? We're not too far away, 20 minutes in fact, so the best bet for you at AP today. 
Yeah, a bit of value one there today, Chris. Looking down later in the card, and it's in race number eight, horse number six. Yep, got chooks. Thought this horse was pretty good first up. Um, he was second behind High Voltage. High Voltage was out rolling in front. They've run, um, you know, low 54s last 800, and yep, got chooks was making ground off that. Um, he's second up. He's had a little bit of a freshen up. Um, finds the right race here. Could be a good little bit of early pressure. Um, value play, race eight, number six. Yep, got chooks. <laughs> there you go. Race eight, number six. Yep, got chooks. That's the uh, the best bet for today's meeting at Albion Park. Uh, Albion Park for Darren Clayton. Hey, Darren, really yeah. appreciate the time again today, and we'll chat again next Wednesday morning. Sounds good, Chris. And is that a, uh, a chicken in the box with you there? As long as it's not a possum, we'll be right. No, no. I think it might be in the studio with Steve. Not me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>